Good afternoon, everyone. My name is Hassan Akmal. I'm the Executive Director of Industry Relations and Career Strategies at Columbia University's School of Professional Studies. I am the host of our new behind-the-scenes podcast series, which consists of a number of interviews with professionals discussing provocative career-related topics to set the stage for students. The topic of today's podcast is how to use innovation tools for your career. I am here with David Dobchek, the CEO of Giant Innovation. Innovation is, of course, everyone's favorite buzzword. We hear it constantly from companies, from politicians, and in ads. So what do you do at Giant Innovation, and what does innovation mean to you, David? Oh, thanks very much, Hassan. It's a real pleasure to be here with you today. Uh, it's a great question because innovation has definitely become a buzzword. You know, I was walking to the gym last night. I even sold on the sign outside. I mean, do you really want innovation with so many heavy weights around? I'm not so sure. But, you know, when we define innovation, we want to make it simple and reduce it to its most basic elements. So we like to define it as something new plus something useful. That's it. It's not a synonym for technology, elegance, or goodness. Let me give you two scary data points. On an organizational level, 75% of the Standard & Poor's 500, that is, the biggest companies in the United States, will be replaced by 2030. Wow. But if we're worried about organizations, what about individuals? On an individual level, a recent study showed that 47% of jobs in the United States will be replaced by robots within 30 years. Oh, my goodness. These buildings are going to be empty in New York City. So the reason we hear so much about innovation is that there's enormous disruption, and those most at risk, again, whether we're talking about organizations or individuals, are those who cannot do something new and something useful. So our job at Giant Innovation is to help organizations think and act differently for the 21st century. We teach companies how to embed design thinking, lean startup, creativity, and other innovation methodologies within their organizations so they can launch new ideas quicker and more successfully. Very nice. So these innovation tools are helping companies with their work. But can they help listeners find work? And along those lines, can they also help the listeners develop their careers? Absolutely. You know, we often talk about three principles of innovation when we work with companies, and I think these equally apply to people with their careers. So the three principles are, one, questioning, two, connecting, and three, experimenting. Great. Let's start with questioning then. That reminds me of the famous Albert Einstein saying, the formulation of a problem is often more essential than its solution. Exactly right. You know, one of the most important things in innovation is not problem solving, but what we call problem finding. You know, too many companies and bosses, they see questioning as inefficient. They would rather get on with the so-called job. But innovation demands a mindset that we continually question and consider whether we're asking the right question. That's, that's interesting because as young children, we oft, often instinctively question everything until we are socialized to stop. So are you saying that it's almost like we need to regain this childlike curiosity of the world? Definitely. You know, I saw a recent survey in the UK that five-year-old girls ask more questions per day than any other age group. Do you want to guess how many? <laughs> how many? 390. 390 questions every day. And as we get older, we forget that sense of wonder. And because that, of that pressure we talked about before to get on with our jobs, we operate on autopilot, which spells death for creativity. You know, much of this comes from a methodology that's called design thinking where you prioritize understanding the end user or the customer without bringing any preconceived notions. These sound like some giant ideas. 
So as you may know, we recently integrated a, a design thinking approach into our employer partnerships and, and career coaching model here at the School of Professional Studies. So we begin with empathy, understanding the customer's perspectives and needs to discover opportunities. So what is a tool listeners can use to apply questioning to their careers? You know, there are many techniques, but a very simple and powerful method we like to use a lot is called the five whys. Now, originally, this was developed by Toyota to dig into root causes of production breakdowns. Rather than asking why once, like, why can I not find a job in financial services and then stopping, as we so often do at the surface, that most superficial answer, we keep asking why after every response, five times if you can, so you get to dig down deeper and get a different perspective. That's, that's very useful as we examine someone's professional career, because there's no single answer to why something is happening, right? So we kind of see this tool as, as boosting our ability for, for self-reflection, I'd say. Um, also, to taking a, you know, a mindset of curiosity and questioning into interviews is also very important, right? So as, as HR managers or recruiters or the hiring manager, they want to see that students or that you, you genuinely are interested in the company, and nothing helps more than, than a few questions. Yeah, but probably you don't want to ask them 390 questions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like a five-year-old, exactly. Um, great. So tell us something about connecting. Yeah, connecting, uh, the second principle, really digs into an age-old question. Where do good ideas come from? You know, there's this myth that ideas are perfectly original, when in many cases the most creative ideas are in fact simply a new combination or a rearrangement of what already exists. Let me give you one example. What are you not going to do tonight? I'm 100% sure of it. You're not going to do this. Well, I, let's see. I'm I'm not not going to listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. Um, well, what I'm sure you're not going to do is curl up with a movie from Blockbuster Video, right? Because Blockbuster went bankrupt when Netflix disrupted their business model. Now, Reed Hastings, the founder of Netflix, told a story how he came up with the idea for Blockbuster, which nicely illustrates connecting. So if you remember back, Blockbuster, you didn't return a video. You had these late fees. You know, probably kids today, they don't realize if you didn't turn oh, a video. I hated those. Every day you get charged $5. So the story is uh, Reed was at the gym. He was changing to his gym clothes. And he happens to see at the bottom of his gym bag a Blockbuster video. And it's like, oh, it's a week overdue. That's $40. And then he thinks to himself, well, hang on. I'm at the gym. I pay for a month. If I come or don't come, the gym doesn't care. So what he did is actually say, well, hang on, why don't we take that same model of subscription, what they use in the gym, and apply it to a whole new industry of video. So again, that connecting was really the original Genesis idea behind Netflix. Yeah, wow. And I remember not renting videos, just thinking about those late fees. Um, so I see. So it, it kind of reminds me of the Steve Jobs quote, creativity is just connecting things. So how do they take this principle of connecting for example, the listeners, into thinking about their careers. Many of those companies known for innovation have a layout that leads people to unexpected encounters in hallways or common spaces, you know, trying to foster connecting through intersections which promote idea flow. So my advice in terms of career search is try and create your own personal intersection of creativity. You maybe commit to going to coffee with a new person every week, maybe even every day. And it doesn't have to be or shouldn't be people in your field or those you work in a company you want to get a job for. And remember back question we talked about before, you know, ask them about their work with real genuine sense of curiosity. By allowing for new connections that you don't normally make, you can then, just like Reed Hastings before, be better positioned to make new combinations and connecting. I really like that. And, and I've had friends, I remember when I was back in my, 
my graduate school days um, that literally would would have coffee with somebody and it would lead to to uh, to a, to a new position in the future, to a new career, to to in fact even pursuing a different direction like a PhD. So I like I like the organic sense of it. Um, so I guess when when a student thinks about their personal brand, they can also think about what elements they can connect in a new way. Uh, so someone who graduated in applied analytics, for example, instead of going to the newest tech startup, might try to connect with a traditional company who might never have had or considered sort of analytics and assist in a totally new way. Yeah, exactly. And for those that are more interested in digging into problem solving uh, and connecting, I recommend Columbia's own professor Bill Duggan's work, who's written much about these tools, which he calls strategic intuition. Yeah, I love, I love that term, strategic intuition. So what about the, the last principle of experimenting? So experimenting is interesting because in addition to the myth we talked about before, that an idea is wholly original, there's another strong myth that an idea comes out perfect and fully formed. In fact, an idea should not be thought of as a thing at all, but rather a process. You know, it's through the continual iteration and discovering of customer needs, that is experimenting, that innovation occurs, which is less a straight, smooth line and much more like a roller coaster, you know, where you have loops and switchbacks. Exactly. So it must be an iterative process. This sounds like embracing failure and teaching grit um, that's becoming more popular in educational models. Yeah, there's a lot of truth to the concept that innovation takes failure. You know, we like to talk about two types of failure. One, incompetent failure, where you just fail through lack of effort. And two, what we call honorable failure, which is an honest attempt at something new or different that was unsuccessful. You know, some of the great innovations we know today were created on the back of previous honorable failures. Take the iPhone, you know, one of the most popular successful products of all time. It includes concepts and technology that Apple learned when it launched its Newton if ever you remember the Newton back in the 1990s, which is totally bombed. Absolutely, absolutely. And I, I, I heard that the very successful spray, WT-40, got its name because it happened on the 40th attempt to get the chemical composition right. Exactly, and it's, it's not just products, but some of the most successful companies uh, learned first through experimenting and failures. Take Odeo. Have you ever heard of Odeo? It came out, I think, in 2006. It was a podcasting directory. No, no, I haven't. So, you know, it came out maybe too early. You know, podcasts are really popular now. Everyone listening to this podcast. But at that time, didn't really work. And what they did in Odeo, they looked and they said, well, nobody really likes this podcasting directory. But you know what people do like is the messaging platform. So through learning through that failure, they just took the messaging platform, got rid of everything else, and relaunched on another company. I don't know if you can guess which company it is, but that's today Twitter. So Twitter is just the messaging part of a previous startup. So in terms of career, experimenting um, is, is about creating a mindset that you're willing to learn even if you're not successful. That's really important from being willing to face numerous rejections, right? For example, a financial advisor, they've got to be resilient. They've got to be able to take no um, and showing your potential to employers that you have that entrepreneurial drive, right? And in fact, I have employers saying, hey, you know, send me some some resumes of of athletes because they know that they're very disciplined and and and, and can kind of you know can can and very resilient. So um, you know that's what they're looking for. So that entrepreneurial spirit, this mindset of experimenting, seems to be one of the keys of career success. Mm. I also see a, a connection that is more that that more and more graduates are landing careers through social capital. And I argue sometimes that you, you don't go to the university uh, for a degree. You, you really go for your social capital because you accumulate that and you build it through networking. 
So networking is also sort of a misunderstood concept. I break it into two parts. Net plus work, right? Nobody said it was going to be easy, right? And you also need, to your point, experimenting. Definitely. Uh, I can totally agree. So in closing, what advice do you have for career seekers? How can they learn to be giants so that others can stand on their shoulders? That's interesting. I I was just reading recently that uh, Benjamin Franklin started every day asking himself, what good should I do to this day? And then when he went to bed, he would ask himself, what good did I do today? You know, I try to copy that practice because as for me, pursuing good is fundamental to innovation. How can tomorrow be better than today and what role can we play? So I think if we all did that, taking Ben Franklin's advice, trying to see what good can we do this day, I think that would make us all giants. Fantastic. Well, thanks so much for joining us, David. It's been an absolute pleasure having you. Our, our next podcast is Career Positioning by Sim Siegel, our Academic Director for Enterprise Risk Management. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me.